welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. Today, we get to bring on a good friend of mine named Diane Johnson. She is very well known in the St. Louis running community as she was uh, one of the most standout cross country and track runners uh, to come through the area in the uh, mid 2000s through the 2010s. And so she has a huge name. Obviously, she went on to run at the University of Arkansas under their legendary coach there. And as time has gone on, she's obviously had a lot of running success. But I think what's really the coolest part about Diane is just how hard she's worked in her running, but then also her professional career. She's a registered sports dietitian um, that she has been able to take to the next level. She's worked with professional athletes um, all the way down to the everyday kind of person, which led me several years ago to thinking, you know what, we need to bring Diane onto our Spiewak training staff. Um, she was nice enough to say yes, and here we are. Um, but she started with us about two years into our business, and so six years later, um, she's now you know helping and assisting lots of our athletes and helping them improve their not just their overall daily nutrition, but their feeling for races and the rest of those things. Um, in this conversation, we have a lot of inspiration. She's a very easy interview because she will share just tons of you know great facts and, and great tidbits that I think will inspire anybody, regardless if you're a runner or not. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to just having this conversation and that dedicated time to talk to Diane. We're in Forest Park, the beautiful, amazing park here in St. Louis, and we've been doing a lot of these interviews outdoors, which creates a lot of uh, great noise in the background and so you're going to hear everything from birds chirping to uh, lawns being mowed uh, which I think adds an extra extra component to this so as always if you enjoy the podcast please hit subscribe we appreciate that as we continue to grow and let's dive into the episode with Diane. Hi I'm Diane Johnson and I am a registered sports dietitian and I am on the Mission of Speed podcast. I am excited to be interviewing my good friend Diane Johnson who is unfortunately not in Forest Park right now um, but she is coming to us uh, via phone and, and our amazing producer on his radio board uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So Diane how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on, Mark. This is so exciting. It's it's fun to be able to do this because we've had lots of lots of conversations over the years, and obviously we work very closely together. But um, I don't think we've really had the opportunity to like really like just do a full dive into your you know kind of entire story, uh, you know, and, and go through mm -hmm. you know everything that you've been through as a runner, um, you know, professionally, and all the rest of those things. And so selfishly, I'm just really excited about this conversation because I feel like um, it's a chance just to really get to know you and. and and expose you to, to many more people in my network. That's awesome. It'll be fun to kind of go through the different um, experiences that I've gotten with running and nutrition and how it's all tied together. And now how I get to help a lot of um, walk training clients. And it's been, it's been a journey. I think we've, um, I've started almost from ground zero with you. So it's been, I think you were about a year into the business. So it's been so much fun getting to be a part of growing that, even not being necessarily in St. Louis and um, just you, you kind of giving me that opportunity to grow in my own personal private practice. So for you, I'm so grateful for that. Well, the feeling is mutual, and it, it is kind of crazy to think that you did come through in that first year, um, you know, or second year, somewhere obviously so close to the beginning, and you're such an integral part of what we're doing here. Um, and it's been really cool to kind of see your your role expand with Spiwa Training. Um, but our relationship goes far, you know, deeper than obviously, you know, our time together working together professionally. But, um, you know, we've actually known each other for many, many, many years and uh, loosely, obviously, knew each other in high school, uh, kind of, you know, with their, you know, through friends 
friends and things like that. And I always like to share the story. I don't know if it embarrasses you, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share it is that <laughs> Diane was an incredible, incredible runner, obviously still is an incredible runner, but at the high school level, she was far, far ahead of everybody else at every single race. And I would always say that we would watch you run all these events around St. Louis and there'd be the gator that would be driving to lead the course. There'd be Diane, basically you'd be on the back of the gator. I always thought you were going to jump into it. Uh, and then there'd be the rest of the crowd, you know, a <laughs> hundred meters back, all the girls chasing you. And it was always so fun to see that. And so from my perspective, like I'm a high school, you know, athlete watching you and just thought, Oh my gosh, who is this person? She is incredible. Like you were, you were like a superhero, you know, in our eyes. And, and it was like, every time we saw you, we were in awe of you. And I remember like meeting you for the first time and being like, you know, starstruck, like, Oh my gosh, is this really, you know, Diane Robeson? I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm nervous, you know? <laughs> and then obviously as, as time has gone on, you know, got to obviously get to know you, the personality behind you and just how amazing of a person you are. Um, but we, we really got through, um, obviously knew each other in high school and then when you had gotten through college, we were, I was putting on the high school running camps for Big River in St. Louis, um, and you had reached out, um, you know, about helping us out, and it was really fun just because you get to come, kind of come on, and that was our first, like, I would say professional opportunity together where we worked together at those camps, um, really get to know you, and then brought you, then a little bit later, actually, I think just a few months after that, you end up at the same job that I'm at with Ladue High School for cross country, and there we are coaching together for a year, uh, which all led into us running together with our friends and things like that and so I felt like those those years were so fun together and obviously all that you know has led us to spew training so it's been a fun journey with you but I just feel incredibly lucky that you know obviously when we were both in our early 20s um, you know we had that chance to kind of grow together as friends and do it through the sport that we love. Oh my gosh yeah it's fun to go back through some of that journey and I think that looking back to coaching at uh, Ladue High School I think that's what kind of gave me um, just a passion for working with like youth athletes. So that's something that I've, while I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma now, gotten to kind of use some of those workouts, some of those um, training tactics with some of the athletes here. And then not only that, but in the college environment at Oral Roberts University, just be able to use the psychology of getting through a workout um, and knowing the demands that it brings on your body and, and how you're kind of sitting in class thinking about that all day. And that all starts back at that kind of as a high school athlete. And I think it's fun to nurture that age. And Mark, I think you still do an amazing job of kind of building that community at a very young age. I think for a lot of people, that's where the joy of running kind of comes in, whether you started off playing a different sport or whether it's just like, let's try this thing out. I have some friends that are doing it. Why not? So it's, it's definitely one of my favorite populations to work with and having been there kind of ourselves and, and known each other, um, pretty loosely through meets, but also having, I never imagined that it would have built to the friendship that it is now and just the um, kind of business relationship that we have now. Never, never in a million years would have imagined that. And now you're probably, you know, probably going to be very humble and not want to talk a ton about this, but it's, you know, it's no secret that you were obviously, you know, a very standout running runner, uh, you know, in the St. Louis area. I think I sent you an article the other day uh, as I Googled your name uh, and found a mile split. Where are they at? Uh, Diane Roberson <laughs> at Arkansas. But, you know, you were obviously, you know, such a successful high school runner, um, but, you know, it pro probably didn't come overnight. Correct. Like, wh where did your running journey begin and wh how did that get you to? to being, you know, such a successful, you know, athlete at the track and cross-country level at Parkway Central? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I think a lot of it comes back to the coaches at the time. Um, 
coach Ryan Banta is still a huge inspiration in my life. He is my high school coach. Um, he's someone that I still, I just called him a few weeks ago and I'll just ask him kind of pick his brain on different, um, training tactics that he uses with his high school athletes. And, um, again, I think that he just was in a point in his career where he was just diving in and trying to learn everything he could about the sport from sprinters to, um, just the field events to then us crazy distance runners and trying to understand how our minds worked and just how to give us the um, best workouts that he could to get us at a really good place. I, I was training with um, Emily Sisson at the time. So a lot of times that was um, a little bit difficult as a high school athlete to have somebody come into your school as like a sophomore, junior, where you're kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm loving the sport and I'm seeing the success that comes with it. And then to have someone come in who's so, so talented, um, definitely challenged me because I wanted to be like, I want to break the records and I want to be the best, but definitely humbled me to um, be able to learn from her and from how she was very successful in her workouts and just her consistency, um, the recovery in between. And I really do not think that I would have landed um, in a collegiate environment or at the place that um, being able to run for the University of Arkansas, if it wasn't for her challenging me along the way and using her strengths to really push me. Um, but going back, I was a former, I was probably that classic soccer player who um, I was a midfielder. I played a little bit of defense, which is kind of funny to think back on. Um, but a lot of times I realized like, gosh, I just can't anticipate where to be on the field at the right time. But this running thing, I feel like I just like to run around the field. So I switched from um, playing club soccer all my life into um, kind of running a little bit, dabbling with it in middle school um, and then in high school, really transitioning sophomore year um, into uh, more cross country and track and field, not just using cross country as training for soccer. No, no. And, and, you know, I think what's fo so fun about your journey is just the fact that, you know, you are one of those, you know, one of a million soccer players that have come over to distance running and that obviously came over with that passion for, for running around the field. And we always say with soccer players, like if you take the ball away from them, a lot of them don't want to keep running, you know, but with the one, there are the fair few that, that do and, and then obviously have so much success because of the base that you guys have built over the years. So it's fun to hear that, you know, you were, you know, you had a, you know, diverse background from an athletic standpoint that led you to running and you know what what diane didn't share with you is that diane was a state champion diane was all state you know right off the gun when she came to parkway central and then yes emily sisson moved to her school and emily sisson was one of the best runners in the nation and so to kind of put that in perspective like that's a very unique situation for anybody to kind of go through where you know you're the you know the best in the state and then somebody you know from a national you know caliber comes on in and i was always respected kind of how you dealt with that and then just even hearing kind of what you're talking about in terms of you know how you approached it with a with this attitude of hey i'm going to be positive about it i'm going to let it allow me to be more competitive and then obviously led to you being able to get to college and be able to compete with the girls that you did because the reality is that it doesn't matter you know what level you're at there's always going to be somebody that shows up that's potentially better than you um, or is on the run for you i'm sure even at parkway central there could have been an opportunity where you could have became a senior and there could have been a freshman that walked through the door you know that that could have had 
a lot of talent and gave you a run for their money, you know? And so it's such a good lesson for life in terms of, you know, when you do reach this level of success, especially the success that you had, um, you know, how you can kind of leverage that to a work with others and just keep growing yourself. And so I commend you for having such a great attitude about that, especially at such a young age when, um, you know, that's a, it's a harder thing to process sometimes when you're a high school athlete. Oh, definitely. And I, I honestly, I think that it's, it was really good for me at the time just to grow because going into races, I was kind of that athlete who would get really, really nervous. It, it could have been the smallest race in the world. It could have been um, state, whatever it was, it could have been going in a footlocker. And I just, my nerves a lot of times would get the best of me. And I think having um, Emily right there was, you know, hard at first, but then I learned over time how to use different breathing techniques, breathing exercises, um, and and being being next to such like a strong runner who um, now has the success that she has, I think that a lot of times that almost prepared me for the collegiate environment where you do want to surround yourself with people who are better at what you do than yourself so that you can grow and you, that you can get better and you can challenge yourself. And I think that a lot of times that kind of prompted me to have this relationship with our sports psychologist on campus. And then there was, we didn't have a full fledged sports dietitian, but um, we did have someone who worked pretty closely with a lot of the um, track and field athletes. So got to build that relationship. And I think that's what led me into wanting to dwell more into kind of the psychological aspect of the sport and um, just what goes on in your mind. Mark, I know that we did actually an interview with Emily Sisson a few years ago and how she's built on that. So I think it's something that constantly as an athlete and it, it transfers to so many areas of your life, you just learn how to mellow yourself out, have patience, trust your training. Um, I remember a big thing that the psychologist had said at the time is you are as good or better than everyone on this line right now. You would line up and you'd look down the row and you'd see these um, just other runners with all these credentials and your mind would start going crazy. Like, I don't deserve to be here. I shouldn't be on the line with this. What if I just completely bonk this race and your mind can really um, take a hold of you before the gun even goes off. But I always struggled with that anxiety of not having that full confidence in myself. So I had to really go back to not only trusting myself, but trusting my coach, trusting the training um, and knowing that I am, I deserve to be here. I am just as good or better. And I think once the gun goes off, there's something that sets in you that's just like, all right, all those nerves have dissolved. Let's go for it. I really appreciate your vulnerability because I think a lot of people probably see the accolades next to your name and probably think, okay, all American, you know, at a, at one of the best, you know, most, most historic, you know, universities in the country for cross country and track and field, you know, multiple, you know, state championships that you had under your belt. And they probably think like, what's Diane have anything to be, you know, worried about, you know, in terms of, you know, your success there, but then just hearing, you know, obviously you had kind of dealt with those challenges and, and was this something that like when you were early in your career, do you feel like that you were struggling with or was it as you gain more success throughout high school and then heading into college, those mm -hmm. demons kind of arose? Because, you know, sometimes you see it with middle school athletes. They just they just go out and run and they can be really successful and not really know what's going on. And then all of a sudden they start learning a little bit more about their success and their competitors in the sport. And they can be derailed by that. Come to your point, like you start kind of knowing too much about the people around you where a middle school athlete doesn't walk up to the starting line and think, you know, 
know, about all the middle schoolers, <laughs> you know, their PRs and things like that. They're, you know, they're usually cocky enough just to look at the line and say, I'm beating everybody's, you know, everybody that's sitting here today. So I would just love to hear kind of your perspective oh, on yeah, that. Absolutely. I would say like looking back to middle school when I think we had like one meet a year, I actually got DQ'd because I was just going out there purely running to run and I had um, cut a cone without even realizing it. So then I think I had gotten like third in that race. So when they were announcing the names, they just completely gave that third place to someone else. And I was like, what the heck happened there? <laughs> but I think looking back into the transition from soccer, it is true. You kind of are just feeling it out. You don't really know what you're doing. You're just out there to run because it just purely brings you so much of that joy. And that's what I always try to bring myself back to and a lot of athletes back to. Don't do this because it becomes, yes, you have to have that discipline. And sometimes it's not going to be easy to string together training days and you're just not going to be the last thing that you want to go out and do. But don't forget why you started doing it. And I think that sometimes that changes for people. I think that I ran against people who are very, very um, successful in what they do. Shoot, we had like Colleen Quigley and Loisison. Um, Krista and Jeannie now is even um, going out and really hitting it hard and um, going for the Olympic trials. So it's really cool to look back and see, gosh, we trained with some phenomenal athletes. And um, but it also for other people, I think, um, still run because it does bring that joy, but also do it um, just because it, it brings that level of the anxiety reduction and just helps um, them to be successful in other areas of life. So I think for an athlete who does train that young, it's OK to realize later on in life, you still might have that love of running what was brought on in the very beginning of it, but the reasons for doing it might change. Um, but yeah, no, I, def I definitely think that as you study your competition a little bit more, as you kind of understand them, as you race them more, you know what their strengths are, it can be very helpful, but it can also be detrimental in that you just put that loaded added pressure on yourself. Um, and that's where, that's where it becomes um, kind of hard, even leading up to that, that race, that race week can be very, oh, just settle down. It's going to be okay. Just, just sit back and just just coming back to trusting yourself. So in high school, you know, you obviously you get to your junior and senior year and you and Emily are, you know, obviously running at such a high level and, um, you know, not just, you know, having, you know, huge performances on the state level, but on the national performances as well. Um, and that kind of, you know, brings you into the you know recruitment process, I'm sure, with lots of schools kind of calling you and trying to figure all out how you're going to head to where you're going to go to for your four years of university for cross country and track and field. Um, did you, you know, how? what led you to going to Arkansas? Were you a hundred percent sure that you even wanted to run in college? I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure that there was a great level of, um, want to, to keep going, you know, continuing this success, but I'm always curious and fascinated kind of to hear, um, especially from athletes like yourself who were at such a high level, how they landed where they were at. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I always knew from the get go, this is what I want to do. I really want to pursue college running. Um, had no idea what it would look like, but I had gone on a number, a few, a few site visits and really struggled with where do I want to go? Do I want to stay closer to home? Do I want to go to Mizzou? Um, do I want to go to Baylor? I actually did a couple of visits out to Baylor. That one I really struggled with. Um, and just, I think it's one where for a lot of athletes now, I just tell them if they are, you know, exploring different colleges and kind of checking out the campuses, you'll feel kind of that sense of peace. And at Arkansas, I really felt that. I just, I love the team. I loved the coach. I loved the level of success that he had. Just seemed, seemed like a really good fit. I loved just like how 
um, beautiful it was there in that campus. And um, crazy to think now living in Tulsa, I'm only about two hours to have a lot of friends and athletes, um, teammates of mine who still live pretty close by. Um, so kind of full circle, it's, it's pretty cool. As much as I miss St. Louis, I'm like, at least I'm close to my college environment. And um, just the southern feel of it kind of reminds me a little bit of Tulsa. Uh, so kind of kind of cool how all of that was orchestrated and worked out. But I would definitely say just the, the team bonding and the team um, kind of level of success that those athletes challenged each other and pushed each other to really, really um, encouraged me. And I think that I just decided this is going to be a leap of faith. This is a really awesome program. And it's going to be it's not going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be an easy program to be launched into and try to um, be successful in, but this is where I can give myself the best chance. And so that's kind of what I went into it as like, let's just give it everything. Let's go into one of the best programs led by one of the best coaches in the country and have no regrets about it. Um, and I definitely think looking back, I was actually talking with a teammate, just the, the bond that you form with other runners in whatever circle it might be, just the community of running is phenomenal. And I would say that's, that's half of what, if not more, what just makes you want to do it and what makes you want to keep going in it. And just seeing other people's success and seeing that you were part of that process too, and now seeing it more so from like a coaching standpoint, um, it's just really, really cool. Kind of a cool transition. Well, and how exciting for you to kind of be rewarded, you know, on the college level for all the hard work that you'd put up, um, you know, in your middle school and high school years. And then to be able to go shine that light on, uh, you know, an opportunity to do this, you know, at such a high level, um, you know, I think it's the ultimate, you know, kind of reward for, for any of those athletes. And something that nobody can ever take away from any athlete is a college degree, you know. And, and I think mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, are able to accomplish a lot of things professionally, obviously because of their college degree um, and that those doors are open and those opportunities were there because, you know, you had that chance, I'm sure, to, to be able to attend Arkansas and to be able to get the scholarship that you had to be able to do it. So that's what I always think is uh, another thing just kind of for people to kind of think about, too, is like regardless of even how successful you are at the college level, um, that, that that ticket, you know, to go through school and to, to have access to those, you know, to those facilities and everything around you and those amazing teammates, those friendships, those bonds, you know, those go far greater in my opinion than even the PRs that you run on the track. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, for my own kind of collegiate career, I'd come in and was pretty injury riddled for about about a year and a half. And that's kind of what led me into the nutrition journey, kind of figuring out what, how am I supposed to fuel myself in a way to maintain some level of fitness, not going crazy and, you know, losing your sanity with all the cross training that's involved too. Um, and just come out on the other side and have hope that, you know, you will, you will get past this. I was, came in injured for about a year and a half. So really I could have done a sixth year cross country season, which I know now is pretty common, but at the time I think it was just like, wow, this seems like a really, really long college career. And so I, um, I just, I think that that had a big part to play in learning how to fuel myself appropriately and to kind of, um, not go crazy and, you know, put on that freshman 1530 in a dining hall where everything is accessible at any time of day, any amount. Um, and then just realizing that a lot of 
a lot of his injuries were actually spurred on by an acne medication that I was taking. So a lot of times now um, it, it helps me to understand my athletes, um, whether it is at this collegiate level at Oral Roberts or whether it's with um, personal clients to holistically kind of like understand the approach of what does your um what does everything outside of the nutrition look like? What are you taking any medications? Anything that could hinder you is hinder your appetite, hinder your performance, um, cause some kind of injury that just won't seemingly go away. What does your sleep look like? Is, is that affecting kind of the recovery process? So I think it gave me a greater understanding having been in, um, those shoes myself. I think that running is an amazing sport, but one of the worst parts of it is is the injury and um is the that's a that's a part that is very frustrating for a lot of runners especially when you're kind of building um trying to build consistency once you figured out obviously like throughout that whole process that nutrition had such a big you know big uh part in your success and and just being healthy um and then as you started to experiment and you know do your own things to kind of help you with your own you know success and progress in college um you know did that lead you to kind of thinking more forward thinking in terms of even like you know wanting to help teammates or even started to like you know light a fire under you that man when this kind college thing is over like I do want to stay in the game you know I do want to be able to help people with some of the things that I learned to get better yes definitely I think that um gosh to go into to go from a collegiate runner to a professional runner um was something that I tinkered with a little bit in my mind not not honestly too much I kind of like knew in my heart this is kind of the end of my really professional running career and you, you just have to be obsessed, passionate, love this sport with every little ounce in you to continue to pursue it professionally. Um, but I did know that something in me wanted to give other people the chance in whatever sport they played to be able to re, um, go into the college environment, knowing that if you want it badly enough and you put the work in, then you can. And from there, if you have that level of success as a college athlete, you have the opportunity to continue running or continue playing that sport professionally. So it definitely led me into just being in that environment. It's a very positive environment. I love being just around athletes. I think I formed a lot of um, relationships, especially with swimmers, um, with some volleyball players, some other athletes on campus, and just loved like the hype around understanding why they love their sport and what led them kind of into the passion that they have around that. So that's what led me into working with more professional teams. So um, I actually ended up working at the USOC in Colorado Springs to so working with a lot of um, the track and field athletes there preparing for world and then open water swimmers. So that was kind of a new sport to understand the fueling tactics of a 10K swim when you're just out there for seemingly forever and just, man, the level of respect that you have there. And, and it reminds me a lot of fueling for like a marathon. So it taught me a lot um, in that respect. What can your stomach handle? Where, where do you need that reward? Where do you need? We had one girl who was like, I just about mile five to keep me going through that um last like mile of the open water swim i just need some i just need some chocolate and i need some caffeine and that's what's going to get me going so it was kind of fun to understand okay how do you even like feed these athletes while they're in the water um so that was that was really fun and then going into um working with semi-pro athletes so worked with um the, um the class a team of the chicago cubs 
I'm a traitor, but <laughs> love the Cardinals <laughs> first and foremost. Um, and then kind of going into going back into soccer. So I got to work um, for about two and a half seasons with um, Sporting Kansas City's um, soccer team, SKC. So working with a lot of their first team players, USL team, academy players, so all the way up. And I think soccer players, I know I grew up being a soccer player. And then also a lot of their training and nutrition fueling tactics mirror what like a half marathon would look like or what a lot of training for runners looks like. Look like. So I really understood um, kind of their mindset and kind of um, how they're supposed to fuel and hydrate appropriately to get back on the field or to really have that strength in the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, so it, it definitely um, gave me a, a fire to want to continue to work with collegiate pro athletes. And I, I didn't go in the track that I assumed that it would. I thought that right out of college, I would want to work in more of a collegiate environment and actually applied for seemingly job after job after job. And every single one of them came back and said, you need more experience. You need more experience. You need more experience. To the point of, I was just like, I already know what you're going to tell me. So ended up doing a lot of internships where you're just kind of barely making it, maybe working two or three jobs. But um, I think as a sports dietitian, a lot of us kind of know, you know, this is a special niche. It's very um, competitive. And if you want it, you want it. And I, I think I was actually very fortunate to be able to work more in the pro setting. And then now full circle again, come back into Oral Roberts and be able to work with a lot of these division one athletes. I needed that experience first before coming back into um, a very highly competitive kind of collegiate setting. I've always kind of described you as an all-American at every level that you've been at because, you know, when it comes to obviously your high school days and then it goes into your college running, but now professionally, I mean, you know, I think that you've done, you know, such an amazing job, uh, you know, and the credentials are there. I mean, like whenever I describe you to somebody, you know, outside of even just your own running, when they hear, oh, she, you know, worked with the Kansas City Sporting or they, she worked with the U.S., you know, Olympic team or she's, you know, helped the Chicago Cubs minor leaguers, you know, their heads are like, woo, that's amazing. Um, but what I always say is that, you know, your best, I mean, you're probably your best quality of everything is that you can take that knowledge and that experience and you help somebody who is the everyday person just as well, if not better, you know, I'm sure sometimes. And I think that's what makes you so unique. A lot of times people with, I would say that you're, you're such a high caliber athlete. And a lot of times people can't connect, you know, with that kind of athlete, you know, it's, there can be a lot of disconnect and we know those kind of athletes who, you know, they did something really spectacular, but they weren't able to figure out how they could translate that to helping somebody else where I feel like you've taken a lot of your, you know, background in, in competitiveness and um, work ethic, and you've poured that right into to what you're doing professionally. And I think something I would hope that people would understand is, and this is kind of a tangent, but, you know, a lot of people say, okay, well, and you've probably gotten this before, you know, you're so lucky you're so fast, or you're so lucky you've been successful. And I've always said, well, you know, you're lucky that you're healthy. You're lucky that you, you know, have two, you know, have food on your table. You're lucky that you have two legs. I mean, you're lucky for a lot of things. And absolutely, there's a lot of gratitude. But man, what people maybe don't understand is there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And yes, you're lucky that there was a level of talent that granted you the ability to be successful, but you had just as much talent in your work ethic. And so then it comes full circle to not being on the track anymore and to not be running competitively anymore. But now you're taking that same level of work ethic and now you've reached a very high point in your career and you're having this 
I would call all American success, you know, in terms of what you're doing. And that's the ultimate, you know, compliment, you know, it, you know, to, to, to me as, as one of our staff members is just how positive experience you can provide for people. So, you know, more than anything, I just, I hope you can hear that as, as kudos and, and pat on the back and can inspire you to keep doing your thing. And I, I hope for, for yourself that you always lean into that work ethic and that compassion and the empathy that you have for people because um, you have so much that you can share and provide for people um, and, and it goes far further than you may ever imagine. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's very, really kind of you to say. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, it, it doesn't come easy. I think it's funny when people are like, well, that working out and eating thing, that's just easy for you. Almost as like a throw in the towel, an excuse to be like, that's not for me. But it, it definitely is not. It might be more um, appealing to me just because I do like eating fruits and vegetables and all of um, the healthy anti-inflammatory foods. And I like, I like the movement of running. But I think it definitely, like I've said, for myself even, kind of... Um, has changed to be a part of my lifestyle and the capacity that I can handle and can do it, but also knowing, um, and I learned this from, gosh, when I was training or out in Colorado Springs and I was just running with some, some of the people out there that sometimes it's okay to almost like get on the bike or to go for a walk or to do something different. I think a lot of times it's drilled in you as like a high school and then collegiate and for a lot of pro runners that that is what exercise and training has to look like for the rest of your life. And, and it definitely doesn't. And I think that there's um, a lot of benefit to doing something that brings you joy in whatever kind of um, whatever that movement looks like. And that's what I kind of encourage a lot of the clients that I work with right now who get into running later on in their lives. And, and it's just, it's hard to go from ground zero to, okay, now I'm trying to run five, six days a week um, to incorporate just movement in a way that is enjoyable um, for them that you're going to be consistent with. And I think that's what is going to bring you that success and going to help you to, um, continue to want to do that and to look forward to um to whatever that exercise is and i think that when you look at running a lot of times i kind of look back on the times that i would go through those like drought periods of i would just dread runs for like weeks at a time and just knowing okay maybe this is when you kind of know you want to scale back if it's not bringing you joy then why are you doing it and i think that's something that post-college I have kind of had to learn how to adapt to and how to change. Um, and I think that it's also something that I'm very passionate about when I work with, especially these college athletes to learn how to move on from that and to be okay with pouring that success into something else. Um, I think coaches, a lot of times are told, you know, you're not going to be just because you are maybe a successful athlete does not mean that it will me immediately transfer into being a successful coach. So I'm fortunate in that in all these different job settings, I've, I've get a, gotten to watch some of my bosses, some of them being personal trainers, some of them being um, and dietitians, some of them being more of just the dietitian side, some of them being coaches and or strength coaches and just watching and really admiring and trying to extract some of the motivation that they're able to put into some of their their athletes and learn how to transfer. Although um, you are not walking in their shoes anymore and pushing yourself to that level yourself, how can you pull that mindset and and use it in a positive um, way to really motivate these athletes over here who are trying to do their best and be their best and 
even and go into that pro environment if that's what they want. I love that. No, I, I love that. And that's such good perspective to have because you're so open to learning from all types of people, um, especially in your industry. When it comes to sports nutrition, it's not just dialed into running. You know, there's a lot of different um, sports, you know, that are out there and a lot of probably a lot of backgrounds where these experts come from. So I love that collaboration that you can you can take away from the people that you work with. And it just it, it makes your experience more enriched. And um, there's just so much. I mean, in my opinion, just, you know, diversifies, you know, you know, what you're able to do um, across the board gives you, I would say, the correct word would be versatility um, in terms of being able to help, you know, help people from all ends, whether it's that long distance swimmer to a long distance runner or it's, you know, somebody on the football team, which I know you have experience, you know, kind of working with everybody. So it's it's great that you're able to have that mindset like, hey, I, I want to learn and I want to kind of leverage what I've, you know, you know, done well at. But I also want to realize that it's going to take, you know, work to continue to, to be able to help people. Uh, every, I, a lot of people, I think anybody that would know you personally would probably describe you as like one of the nicest people you know they've ever met because you are just a very very kind soul and very very respectful and <laughs> where i'm going with this is that <laughs> never mistake this okay diane has a dog inside her she is a fighter <laughs> like diane is ready to throw down like you that is that is one of my favorite things about you because it's like i see you and you're so nice and you could fool somebody i'm fool somebody very very oh well gosh, but you so you will tear somebody's head up and in competition and i love that and so the question that i have for you is you know as i'm sure you take that competitive edge and i do in my job to make you better uh to, to make you know myself better and you know my coaches better and and obviously to be able to make my athletes better um but for you like this is maybe like that kind of that, that question you get when you go to interview for a job or something but for, for my question is you know somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, you know, you know, Diane, why, why are you the best at, at being able to help me mm. and my nutrition journey? You know, what, where's your response? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I like it. So a lot of times I will say, I will go back to, you know, I, I have the experience and I think the best experience is having been there myself. I think that a lot of um, what either my clients, my college athletes, all across the board, I have been in a lot of those experiences, not not every experience, but and if I haven't experienced it um, first and foremost myself, I have seen other teammates or those around me or talked with another maybe client who struggled with the same thing. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of crossover in kind of the um, – the both things that we can celebrate and the things that are struggles for a lot of clients. So I'm able to use those experiences, draw from others and then draw from my own um, to help others to understand why they're doing what they do. And I think that's what I always dig back to is kind of more of the emotional side of why, why did you come to me for help and what made you want to set up this meeting? What made you want to take the time out of your day to really, um, make not only um, time in this moment to want to make the change, but actually to go forward and to actually train yourself to apply those changes. Um, so I think I've been doing a lot of kind of like the habit tracker, habit changing um, formula methods from a book called Atomic Habits, just to help in 
again, the psychology aspect of it for someone who has these habits that are so deeply ingrained in them and I, that I understand myself. I think that a lot of times runners kind of have, I'm going to run this amount of miles per day at this pace and I'm going to eat this, this and this. And it can be become very regimented. And so I think that I understand how an athlete, and that's why runners are kind of for first and foremost, like my favorite athletes to work with because <laughs> a lot of, a lot of us, Steve call in that same category of just like, Nope, this is what I expect. And when I don't get that expectation, then something must be off something. I'm, I'm going to go do some blood work. I'm going to immediately just like try to figure everything out, which is not a bad idea, but it doesn't have to be the first thing you jump to. So a lot of times, like with my clients, I try to really emphasize, you know, this is, this is a journey. This is an experiment. Let's just see how your body reacts to this. Maybe right off the bat, it responds very, um, in, in a really positive, great way. Um, it's right in line with whatever you told me your goal is. And sometimes maybe it's something that didn't work so well for you. I always, I always bring up and I ask a lot of clients, have you tried any kind of diet in the past and why did it not work? And a lot of times if someone does come to me and they say, you know, I was on this really strict vegan diet, but it seemed to really work really well. And just the pounds um, melted off. I just felt like this extreme clarity, but I just couldn't sustain it. Then we go back to, okay, well, I'm not going to advise you to do kind of more of a protein um, animal-based diet, but I am going to maybe make it something that's a little bit um, easier to follow, a little bit more sustainable. So that's what I'm always after because we know that your body processes those carbohydrates maybe a little bit better than someone else's body does. And that's where I love to kind of fit together the pieces, um, look at your schedule, look at what practically will fit and what will work. I think, um, Mark, you and I both work with a lot of like very, very busy, full-working parents. And that can be very, very hard to get not only the training in, but prioritize the nutrition. So a lot of times that's kind of the um, objective of the game to say, let's try to figure out how you can manage everything without bringing, making it more stressful for yourself. I, yeah, no, and I think that, you know, just the level of empathy and, you know, encouragement that you bring for people, um, you know, is, is second to none. And that's what, you know, I think that the, when you think when you're really trying to make improvements in your life, you need somebody who's going to positively encourage you. You need somebody who's going to understand your situation. And, you know, you can have a goal and a plan on paper, um, you know, for every person that you work with. But if you don't make those modifications and those adjustments to what their circumstances are, they're not going to be successful, you know, and that's what's made you yeah. so great with our SPR training side of things, because we work with the general population of people. You know, we have athletes like Krista, who are obviously, you know, at a very high level, you know, Kayla and those folks that are, um, you know, training completely differently than maybe somebody who only has three days a week that they can train because they, um, you know, they have the job and they have a family and the rest of those things, or they're just new to the sport and they're not ready for the higher mileage. So it's, it's fun to be able to have, I'm sure for you, uh, opportunity to, to help a lot of different people. And the, the beauty for us is that we have that resource, you know, to be able to say, hey, you are struggling with this or your last race, you know, you had some GI distress and that cost us a couple mm -hmm. minutes, you know, would you ever be, you know, open to just having a quick conversation with Diane just to see if there is anything, you know, that you could be diff doing differently to make sure that you can avoid that. And you, that's why you've become our ultimate resource because, you know, now I think, you know, getting into year eight of my business, um, you know, I feel like I'm mm -hmm. utilizing you better 
better than we've ever utilized you because I'm realizing, hey, I need to just make that, you know, connection with our athlete and you a lot sooner um, because this is a high priority. And from the coaching aspect of things on my end, sometimes it just, you know, you're just not, you know, you're thinking about it, but you ask the question and then they email you back and say, hey, I'm doing pretty good with that. And you don't go that extra step to really realize, you know what, doing okay might mean they're doing what they've always done and they've never had an issue. And the race they're training for is going to be their first issue, you know? And so a lot of it is trying to, trying to figure out that balance and, and trying to be able to help them. Uh, what's your experience been like, you know, I would say like working with Spiewak training and how that's evolved because it's totally different now than where we were obviously when we started together. <laughs> right. No, definitely. It's, it's definitely evolved to a place where I am really excited about um, Mark, you've, you've put in the work of just building these relationships and, and I'm so grateful for that. And it's fun to kind of get these referrals from you and then in turn to get some more referrals from some of those athletes and to be able to work with runners and, um, triathletes and just these endurance athletes, um, has, it's, it's a lot of fun because everyone has their own story and their own, um, twist of, again, why did you start doing this? When did you start doing it? How is it going? What's maybe not going so well and it's it's really fun to me to take someone through that entire consultation from the very start to have an understanding of what has there's always something that is going something positive and something that you're doing right so let's focus on that and then make minor tweaks to that along the way and i've always emphasized you know the the recovery the replenishment the refueling part of it is half the battle i think that it can be hard though for people one to fit it into their busy lifestyles and schedules and then to also remember that and to prioritize that but i always kind of stress shoot like nutrition does not have to be complicated let's just look for a way to get those three to one carbohydrate to protein ratio type um, types of fuel and right after you run so that you're not sacrificing your lean muscle mass that you've worked so hard for. I think a lot of times like we, we place so much emphasis on the training and trying to be like so um, on top of that, then the easy parts that it, it can be as easy as possible can be like something that's pre-made already for you. That is something that I want to conquer that can be such a game changer. And I think the nutrition part of it when it comes to running can either make you or break you. Um, when you really get it down, it can come down to that last like 1% that makes you better. But if you are in a place where you just haven't figured it out and you're having these um, kind of GI distress issues coming up or you're just feeling like you're bonking or you're not hydrated, not getting the proper amount of electrolytes, it really can be um, detrimental to just your training and your performance and then just overall just the um, confidence that you have in yourself. So that's where I... I love to be able to have that conversation with someone, whether it's like their first, they're trying to figure it out from the get go. And I've had people who are just like, I'm just full disclosure. I don't, I don't really know anything about nutrition. And so we're going back to kind of ground zero. And then we've had people who do have that understanding, but we need to kind of change um, something within the race before, after, or just in the fundamentals of their overall diet. And I always, I always like to take the foundational part of someone's diet and start with that if we have the time to. If it's two weeks to, you know, that race date, we're probably going to focus more on the fueling part of it. But if we have the time, we have a couple months to work with, I always like to lay the groundwork and follow up from that to focus more on the actual training itself. Um, but I think that if you don't have the 
hydration component. You don't have the overall kind of calories and macros broken down and that part figured out first, then it's going to be less effective to go straight into the fueling side of things. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I think that we have kind of, at least I think, hit a stride um, with being able to put information out there in the Seawalk training newsletter and to be able to um, follow up with clients on a pretty um, diligent, regimented basis. And um, But I also, I always tell clients I'm very flexible in that, you know, if you're in a good place, you feel like you're really conquering the diet, the diet part of it, that aspect of it, you really feel solid in um, your training fuel, we can take a break, come back to that maybe in the fall and do our follow-up come a later time in the year when you're training for something shorter. Maybe you're training for a marathon and we're really focused on that. Let's come back and have a separate conversation and do and put our put our conversations on hold until you're ready to kind of tackle that side of the nutrition. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of people might think, well, if I sign up with a, you know, with a team dietitian, does that mean that I'm going to now have to work with, you know, this person for the rest of the training cycle or for the rest of the remainder of my running career? And you're more kind of posing it as, hey, I'm here to help you for right now. And, and you, if you want to continue with me more frequently, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm here for that as well. But I'm also just going to be a resource and somebody that, you know, you can call in a year um, or two years down the road and know, hey, I've worked with you in the past. Like we had an athlete, as you might remember from a few months ago who had worked with you probably two, three years ago. Um, and immediately when she re-signed up for coaching, she immediately mentioned um, in that first initial email with me that she wanted to work with Diane again, you know, and, and that that was important for her. Um, so it just shows that, you you know, you can make an impact on people and you're teaching them a lot. And I know just, you know, you've done great work with my fiance, Katie. So I'm very appreciative of that. And I just know she's picked up a lot of pieces, you know, because she's never run this kind of mileage before. Uh, she's picked up, mm-hmm. you know, several different things that she would never have known. Um, you know, from you and she can take that and she'll continue to evolve and learn and, and adapt with, with more help from you. But it's also one of those things where you give somebody a really good starting point um, to be able to help them, you know, do the best that they can to, to train, you know, in a good place from the nutrition aspect. And hopefully that reflects obviously in their races. So it's, it's super yeah. cool to see how well, like, people have responded um, to just your to just your great work like I know Krista has just taken off you know with her recovery and her performance and everything else like that and you know for her she works so hard and then to have that component where the nutrition aspect um, you know can just help you know assist her to keep her going that it makes it that much more special so um, you're making such a you know huge impact on the people that we work with and and we're grateful for that Um, so uh, before we before we wrap up uh, you know my, my last question for you really is anything is, is as you've kind of now come up in the nutrition world and it's crazy to think we're both over 30 years old so you know we we have a, a little bit of experience at this point um but you've your career has kind of evolved in a lot of different directions and i, I think a lot of ways we've we've really grown together because you know my business is, has grown uh and has evolved as you've continued to to you know to work new jobs and, and to kind of move your way up in in your field but do you have any like specific advice that you might give to somebody um you know was who was maybe in your shoes maybe a decade ago that was going into maybe nutrition or it could apply to really anything, um, you know, on, on, on their journey. Because I think for both of us, we have kind of, you know, different paths than most in the sense that we followed our passion, but that's brought us a lot of joy and a lot of excitement doing a lot of different things opposed to just going into one specific thing and grinding it out. And then all of a sudden, you know, looking back 10 years later and thinking, man, I haven't, you know, really explored myself or done anything meaningful. Yeah, 
Oh, I love that question. Um, no, definitely. I always love to share kind of what brings me joy. And I think that you're going to be really successful in what you do. If it's kind of like ingrained into who you are at essence as a person already, I think that um, running just healthy movement exercise and the nutrition part of it will always be a part of who I am to whatever that looks like. Shoot, I, I work with a few um, ladies who have to take a pause from training because of pregnancy or whatever that might look like. And I always say like, you know, you can still um, eat and move in a, in a way that is very healthy for you, even, even though it doesn't look like what it did before. And I've, I've worked in different jobs as the intern, and then I've also had interns of my own. So one of the things that I always stress with these interns is just yeah, be open-minded to different environments, to how your job will evolve, to what people are coming back and telling you they need most help with. I think that if that's a, that's something that a driver, like someone's asking about the structure and the breakdown of different fats in their diet, or they're talking about um, BCAAs, so they're talking about this supplement, that supplement, then go in and do your research because you are the person who is also the scientist. And part of part of our job that I think is exciting is to really understand that research, break it down, and then be able to explain it to somebody. So I think that in someone in my shoes, especially if they're going kind of like the sports nutrition route, I would say definitely work with the sport that start with the sport that excites you most and build from there. I think that I did start um, with that USSC job. So with a sport that I know really well with runners, with swimmers, um, and then got to fortunately work with soccer players and, and go from there. And maybe you'll go into a different sport and you'll learn that basketball is like a huge passion of of yours and and that you'll be able to learn like the training and the fueling adaptations for that sport which are going to be very different from a runner um, but I would definitely say in my shoes especially for this job you want to be willing to if you have the capability to move somewhere else or to explore somewhere else or to go out and do an internship where you might not be paid what you want um, and in the beginning especially as a dietitian you probably will not be paid super well. So don't let that be your main motivator and your main driver. Do it because it's, because it's behind the heart of what you do. And, and um, I think that really great advice that I'd like to pass on that I had learned from someone at one of the kind of academy, it's called the CPSCA. So it's um, Sports Nutrition Academy. Directors had said long back when I was in my internship was, if you go into, if, if I have someone going into an interview with me, and they don't address that they are doing what they are doing because they want to help other people be their best or just help people, then you're not in the right field. And I always come back to that. I always think, gosh, like always do what you do because you want to ultimately help that person to be better and to better themselves. And you get to be a part of that process. And how lucky are you to be that person for them? Um, so I would definitely say someone who's launching their career, taking off in it, if that is the heart of what you're doing, then you will be successful. And I think, Mark, you see that in your own coaching. It's not always easy, um, but it's it's what's going to keep you going and keep you adamant about um, doing it for people. 
that's all fantastic and such great words uh, from from Diane today. You've you've been such an easy interview because every question I ask, I feel like it's just gold answers here, uh, which is good <laughs> because people don't want to listen to me talk as much as they want to listen to you and my guests. And so that's the goal here. And as you know, I always have an issue with talking too much. So thank you for <laughs> allowing me <laughs> to to shut up and, and and you know absorb just all the great information that you've provided today and inspired. I know a ton of inspiration to people um, that will be listening to this podcast, uh, myself included. If uh, people want to find you after this episode, they're they're really fired up to, to hear more about your journey and, and or just even learn more about kind of your, uh, you know, your philosophy and, and how they can work with you. Uh, are there any social media outlets that we can you know, send people to? Yeah, I would say probably the easiest way to connect with me or find me is on my Instagram page. So it's called Fuel Your Feet. And <laughs> I like to put up stuff, whether it's through um, a channel, a post, through my story, just kind of, like I said, the latest kind of research that I found, hot, top, hot topics, um, or just kind of showing off some one of the athletes that we've had who um, has been really successful. So definitely look for that page. I think that's the easiest way to kind of connect and communicate for, for myself. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for just, you know, taking the time to be on the show and to do this remotely. Um, wish you were here, obviously, in Forest Park because it is such a nice day here. But I'm um, so happy for you and, and everything that you've been able to accomplish in your past year. Diane just got married, too. So she's uh, she's living her best life uh, in, in Tulsa. And so we couldn't be happier for her. So thank you so much, Diane. And uh, as uh, we'll look forward to hopefully maybe continuing this conversation again and maybe doing a little bit of a follow up here soon. Uh, a little bit more into the nitty-gritty of uh, the sports dietitian world. Absolutely. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me again today. And um, it's been it's been an honor to be here. Thanks, Diane.